Almost six minutes past nine. It is Saturday morning. That means it's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Pori Corkin, good, good morning. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are you this morning? I'm absolutely great. Absolutely great. Nice, bright, sunny morning. Nice, bright, sunny morning. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't too bad of a forecast that we read. And I think uh, yeah. it's promised reasonable it for is. the week as and well. we have to remember it's April. So April showers and, you know, kind of cooler temperatures yeah. and a bit of moisture. And a Yesterday bit of was a fabulous day. Wasn't it beautiful? And everybody was in such good form. That's it. Yeah, and that's all we're waiting for. I walked up my own town yesterday afternoon and uh, everyone was just... Different. Feeling a whole lot better. You know, we don't ask for much really <laughs> in this country. No. A bit of sunshine brings us all out. Oh my goodness, yeah. But it's amazing how the plants have responded as well. Like, yeah, you know, cherries are coming into flower, the white thorn is back in leaf, you know, so even within a week or 10 days, it's amazing how the growth has started mm. as well. So I think you can really see it. Now. You really can, yeah. you really can. So a bit more of this, please. Great. You've had a busy week as well. You've had We've, night classes, have they started yet? Or you, no, you no, had some people interested? Yeah, we mentioned it on the programme last week. We we're looking for beginners in, in particular. Uh, to come along to a series of gardening classes that we're starting the first week of May. Uh, great response, I have to say. Brilliant. So thank you to everyone for for uh, ringing in. We have 66 signed up. Oh, that's a fun class. And all beginners, which is great, <laughs> you know, um, because we're going to have the classes very much uh, towards people getting back into gardening mm. or just want to improve some of their skills. Um, so we're really looking for Im- bigger beginners and improvers. Now, we have 66. I probably have a space for another five. Okay. Because so you'll always get one or two that'll forget well, on the night. Yeah, things things yeah. happen. Yeah. So we have five places available. So if people want to ring our garden centre there in Turlock, zero nine four nine zero three one four three five, give it a, give us a buzz. The first five that ring this morning beginners please we'll pop them in on the class as well and we'll be starting the first week of May and keeping it very relevant obviously to, to, the, to the May season mm. and June season so a lot of things like hanging baskets and, and containers and uh, what to do in the veg garden and so on but it'll be a beginners class uh, starting around the first week of May um, and um, so if you ring our garden centre in Turlock 09490 we're looking for five beginners to come to the class and uh, that'll bring us up to about 70 which is a nice group Okay, great. We also had a, a quite a number of groups in during the week. Uh, a lot of our, um, we had some uh, retired teachers in. We had a wheelchair group, which was great. We did some raised beds and some polytunnel work with them. So we've quite a number of, of we had, I think, six groups in wow. total this week Very already. Busy yeah, week, very so. busy. So again, like I said last week, if April is booked out for groups, but if people are interested in maybe bringing a group to the garden mm-hmm. centre, now we're looking for a kind of a minimum of 15 to 20 people. It can go right up to 40. We had a group of 40 in, in uh, a couple of times this week. And uh, we'll tailor the talks towards what people are interested in. So tidy towns, if they want some advice on containers or hanging baskets, or if you're into grow your own. Um, as you know, we have the Glenamatic group coming yes. this Wednesday. Oh, that's this Wednesday. Yeah, they're, right. they're a prize winner. So we're really looking forward to them. And we have a, in that group, we've got both a, a men's shed group mm-hmm. and we've got the ladies group. So we have two different talks going okay, on simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, So they're looking for, again, the ladies, of course, are looking for the colour and the flowers, flowers and yeah. what to grow for cut flowers and baskets. And the men, typical men, are they're looking for the... Uh, Is it ve- vegetables? I don't, of course. I, I don't, don't want to be well. stereotyping anybody yeah. uh, based on gender. Yeah, but... but I suppose it does pan out sometimes. It does, of course. And, mm. it, and there will be a crossover as well. So the Glen Amadi group are coming Wednesday. And we're going to record that programme, take some snippets oh, of the workshop. And so get we might some, feature that on this we'll programme. We'll do it next, next Saturday. Great. Yeah, But if there are groups out there that would like to come maybe in May or the early part of June to the Garden Centre for the tours, uh, they are the tours are free. You organise your own transport. Um, lunch can then be provided. Uh, obviously, you have to pay for that mm. with the Bailey's restaurant in the centre. But we also include the Museum of Country Life and we go up there and look at their 
gardens and include the museum trip as well. So it's a it's a it's a full day out. Yeah, and for anybody who's never been to the museum, it's a really interesting it's fantastic. Uh, visit. And I have even to without say. our groups, mm. uh, organised groups, the museum is free to go from Tuesday to Sunday, and it's a fantastic tour uh, for anybody that hasn't been there. Yeah. So if you have groups out there, community groups, retire groups, you're looking for something to do during May, early June. If you're interested in gardening or you want to do a project in your own community, then do give us a ring zero nine four nine zero three one four three five. So you have it off to my yeah, heart at this off, stage. Yes, you do. I'm, I'm so I'm so pleased. Um, and yeah, and looking forward to hearing from that Glen and Maddie group. Yeah, uh, well, and uh, we're really next looking week forward the to seeing them. Good. Yeah. yeah. And also, as if that isn't enough, you've got some, I think, a hanging basket Next weekend. weekend. So that's the 27th and 28th. So next Saturday and Sunday. Again, we're coming into that time of year. I mm. think we've we featured a number of questions over the last number of weeks about hanging baskets and window boxes and people are itching to get out there and put and you colour can, Yeah, you can see that coming garden. in on the questions, definitely. Yeah, so we're putting on a, a demo, how to do your hanging baskets and window boxes. That'll be from next Saturday and Sunday. Again, it's a free day in right. Turlock Garden Centre in Castlebar. Come along anytime from around 11 o'clock on Saturday, mm. 12 o'clock on Sunday and uh, we'll have demos going on all day how to do hanging baths and containers and what plants to use and how to pinch those plants back and what to feed them what compost to use so we'll actually show you how to put your hanging baskets and containers together and what are the best plants to use so that'll be very much a, a demo over the Saturday and Sunday of next week and uh, we'll be doing all sorts of containers not just hanging baskets window boxes patio planters um, you know just just lots and, of variety yeah and people. also mixing it up a bit that we'll be using maybe some fruit as well oh right um, some herbs and some obviously flowering plants yeah. so what you can do in container container gardening right. probably more container gardening so a lot going on so okay. a lot going on so yeah put that in your diary next Saturday and Sunday that's the 27th and 28th in Castlebar and uh, at, at any particular time from 11 o'clock on Saturday and 12 o'clock on Sunday lovely and that run right through the day okay now you've brought a little bit of colour into the studio as well this I morning. think it's a, probably the first one of the first times I've, t- I've brought in some colour this year yeah definitely and, and I suppose maybe that's indicative of the fact that things it? have been slower this they year are. and that colour hasn't been around but been you can it. really see it and some I have to say stuff takes your stuff eye. that I isn't uh, eye, well um, the yellow one at the front here is right. very nice and that's quite interesting isn't the, it yeah whatever that is, and which I am absolutely at a loss. This is like no, no sense for listeners. I can't read the label <laughs> from here. There's a beautiful yellow. It's a bit like a peony rose. It's a it very blousy yeah. sort of yeah. a flower. Uh, the first one. The second one is more shrub-like, but the leaves are going from a dark green almost to white at the top. Yeah, we're going the. Is that going, a better description? Well, they're going from. <laughs> Light, the white to dark grey. The young growth is always on the top. Okay. Starting with the first plant, Mm. this is ranunculus, and it's actually related, believe it or not, to the buttercup. Okay. All right. Well, this is the one that is the blousy looking one. Yeah. It's a beautiful plant. It's ranunculus. Um, This particular variety is one called buttercup, but it's double double flowers, very like a peony rose. Yeah. Uh, You described it very well. It likes. It actually loves this sort of weather. This cooler, moist weather that we're getting at the moment. So it's a plant that always flowers in springtime, generally when the buttercups are coming into flower. So April, May the early part of mm. June it's in bloom this is a yellow variety it comes in pinks and reds and whites and all sorts of okay. different shades purples now, well, some of it was one or two of the the, the the heads are kind of a deeper yellow and then the other mm. ones are kind of a lighter yellow they are. Is and, that, and uh, the it, flower as you can see the buds there's, on this particular plant there's probably 10 or 15 buds yeah. the buds are very green when they're tight and, yeah. and juvenile and as they begin to open it's a pale yellow and then it goes to this buttercup bright 
yellow as the flower matures. Oh, as it matures. And then that mature flower will last on it for about a week to 10 days, that particular flower. Right. You just deadhead it and the new, the, the other new buds ones come, come along on. then. So you, it's going to flower for about a, a two month period. Oh, very nice. Uh, given lovely colour. And particularly at this time of year, when you get, get, get that cooler temperatures, uh, flowers tend to last longer. Okay. You know, so the blooms don't go over as quickly. So they're ranunculus. They're quite short. They're only about six or eight inches in yeah. height. So they're lovely in patio planters. If you've confirmations, communions, you want a bit of colour around the house at the moment, say in pots and containers or window boxes, a bit of spring colour, something that you can leave outside irrespective of the weather, then this is a really good plant for okay. you. Okay, so they would be a little bit frost hardy if oh, you they just are got fro- that grass. Frost grass hardy, frost. yeah, no problem whatsoever. They'll take the moist, they love the moisture we're getting at the moment as they are in the buttercup fl- family. Mm. Uh, they, they they just really like this kind of spring, April, May sort of weather. So that's ranunculus, really nice plant if you mm. want a bit of instant colour that will last. And very full into a, looking. Yeah, very full. Gorgeous. You can imagine planting a, a group of those in a mm. container or a planter. You can plant them out in the borders as well, in rock crease, but they're just giving a nice splash of colour. The euonymus, or the, the plant that you were describing there with the white tips. With the different leaves, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. new variety of euonymus. It's, this is an evergreen shrub. Right. And it's got foliage colour, leaf colour. Mm. So all the young growth, a bit like people would be probably very familiar with Pieris forest flame, the lovely flame uh, shrub that has that nice pink tip yes. in April and May as the new growth comes on it. This would be something similar. It's a euonymus uh, family and all the young growth is this lovely white tip so as the plant produces new growth mm-hmm. you get more white so as we go through the spring and summer now the the white the new growth is going to intensify so probably up to 30 maybe 50 percent of this plant will be white and the other part will be dark green so as the leaves mature they go to that darker green color so it changes color as it's growing right so a nice bit of subtle variety really I suppose. it is yeah, yeah. Ni- again nice for a bit of leaf color mm. it's a it's a shrub so it'll tolerate you can plant it out of doors now, you can put it in a shrub board or a mm. bed, but you could also put it in a, a tub or container as a centrepiece just to give that little splash of, of colour. It's evergreen, so it's going to retain that colour all year round. Yeah. But predominantly the, the, the white will be very pronounced spring, summer, autumn period. So that is the new growth. Yeah, that's the new growth. And so it starts from white to dark green. Okay, and it, that's obviously in a pot at the moment. How big does that grow or what's it's the not, story? It's not a huge shrub. It'll grow uh, ultimately probably two feet, two and a half feet, mm. uh, about something similar in diameter. You can always trim it. And yeah. the more you trim it, the more colour you get from it. So if you trim back the young shoots, as it produces new shoots, You'll you're going to get more. that white. So that's that's euonymus. Uh, uh, Palmo is the is the variety. It's a relatively new variety, but it's just nice for. It's very attractive. Yes, it's eye catching. It yeah, it is. It's, it's lovely, and this is also equally nice? eye catching in a very different sort of a way. This is a big announcement of color. What have it we is. got this here? Is, this is one of the anemones. This is a variety called Pandora, Beautiful. which again is about a foot in height. Mm-hmm. So again, if you want a splash of color in a pot, container, rockery, shrub border, just to add a bit of color to the garden, and um, this is a really really nice plant. It's actually grown from a bulb. So the bulb is planted in January, early February. And and, or you can plant them in the autumn as well. And it produces nice foliage, but lovely, beautiful flowers again at this time of year. Yeah, and and again, it's frost hardy. I'm just counting the, the heads there. There's about eight heads, I think, all together and they're quite close together. So it really gives quite an impact. It, yeah, and it, it comes in, in shades of blue, purples, reds, um, mm. some double varieties. This is a single variety with the black stamens. You can see the little yes. uh, stamens in the very centre of the flower. So you've got a black centre with a very bright pink on the outside. Okay. So that's an enemy Pandora. 
Uh, really nice plant. It's a perennial, so once you plant it, it'll be... It just comes it back of its own accord. It comes back next year again. It dies right. back at the end of the year, but then reappears the following spring. And anemones are actually doing very well. There are many different varieties, mm. and some suitable for rockeries that are very, very short, and um, beautiful flowers at the moment, and they're actually, they tolerate the weather extremely well. Okay, and they're quite, you mm. know, they're, they're, their stems are quite long, I suppose, um, for the size of the pot anyway. Yeah. Do they, do, do they um, suffer from wind and stuff like that? Not or? really, it's it's about a foot in height yeah, so it's so not it's too bad. bad it's actually quite a nice plant for as a cut flower and you'll yeah. often see it in florists yeah. we'll have it at the moment uh, as a cut because it got that lovely long clean stem yes. so you get the flower the clean, clean stem. stem so you know it's, once there's a, a level of elegance about it I exactly. Suppose, yeah. exactly it's quite a nice yeah. one you have your eye on that one now I can see I won't be going this home this is terribly interesting this is, this is a nice what one what is this here <clears throat> this is a plant called Alstromeria Okay. Does it have a, a regular name? No? Or well, that, that is it's, its regular it's, name? Um, it's often, this is one called the princess lilies. Okay. And uh, there's a whole series of different colours. Um, so, princess lily is the common name of it. Mm. Again, it'll grow about 10 inches in height. Right. Just starting to flower now. And as you can see, the flowers are just coming out with lots of buds to come. So the foliage is quite nice. It's quite it's quite um, well developed at this time of year, but it's just coming into bloom now. So you can see the little flower yeah. embryos. Some and of the there's a are lot open. of buds on that. So Isn't that's there? obviously going to explode into colour. It is indeed. And again, with the sort of cooler temperatures we're getting at the moment, that will flower for a long, long period. Yeah, it'll, right, it'll go into early summer. It'll actually reflower then during the summer months again. Alstromeria. Again, a herbaceous perennial, which means it dies back in the winter, but reappears in the spring. So it's a perennial plant. So once you put it into the ground, it's going to be there. And if listeners have larger spaces to fill, say in shrub beds or mm. borders or a bigger gap, put them in in groups of threes right. and they'll form one large clump and give a better effect. Okay. So Alstromeria or Alstromeria. Princess, yeah. Princess Lily. It's like, I suppose, like a small lily-like flower. Yes. Uh, but they're produced en masse. So on any one plant, you'll have literally hundreds of flowers yeah. and it. does it because uh, it is quite a bushy plant as well I suppose So does quite it a dense plant it yeah. tolerates the wind very well yeah. um, it's easy to grow it doesn't suffer from pests and diseases yeah. it's Where one of those plants that once you put it in the garden you'll have it's it for years and it does come in a whole range of different colours mm. so that's that's a kind of a ready colour yeah. beautiful nice. Nice, plant, nice perennial plant. Now here's something terribly fresh and spring-like <coughs> and it's gorgeous. It's lovely and white, isn't yes. it? And it's a real old cottage garden plant, this particular, and uh, this is called Candy Tuft or Ibris. Great name. Ibris is the botanical name right. for it. It's um, again a plant that I would plant, say, in a rockery mm. or a raised bed or in a, a shrub bed right at the very front to give a, a, a a splash of colour. It's kind of, it reminds me of that Daz blue-whiteness, isn't it? It is, actually. There's a, well, that's what, I mean, when you just picked it up there, um, it, uh, that's, it just kind of reminds me of something terribly fresh and spring-like. Right, and, yeah. It's really know, bright. This, yeah, it's beautiful. And the plant over time will spread to about three feet in diameter. Okay, so, it, so it, yeah, even though it's it's an alpine, yes. uh, or yeah, it will be sold as an alpine plant for rockeries, it nearly forms a kind of a small shrub. Um, so see it more as a shrub, a plant that would give nice colour to the front of a shrub board or rockery raised bed. If you put it up on a bit of height, it tends to trail over as well. Right. As it gets older, it'll tend to spread out and trail down over maybe oh, the face of a sleeper lovely. or a rock or whatever. Um, re- retains the foliage in wintertime and uh, just a really good plant. It's one just showing really good colour at the moment and again, frost hardy. And you can see all the flower buds yet to open. Yeah. So the outer petals open first and then the inner. Oh, right. They all open up. They'll all open up. Oh, so right. You can see some of them are a little bit more more open. Yeah. Um, so a nice very plant. Very pretty, very nice pretty. Nice for a bit of colour at this time of year. Yeah. And the last one I brought in is this daisy-like flower. Yes. 
Um, it's one called Uriops. Uriops or Marguerite it would be a common name for it. It's bright yellow. It Again, is. if you want that splash of, of kind of spring colour. Mm. Um, the iris that I showed earlier that has pure white and this is literally pure yellow with a daisy-like flower. But again, a plant that flowers for a very long time. It'll actually flower all summer. So as it produces new growth, it produces new flowers. So if you want something that has good longevity uh, in terms of colour and flower, then the Uriops is is a really good plant to put in at this time of year. So and you'll see those. happy heads on it. Loads yeah. and loads Lovely. of flowers and loads of buds yet to come on them. It's a plant that likes a relatively bright spot, bright location. So again, I would plant it in a bright shrub border, great in a pot as well, mm-hmm. uh, totally hardy out of doors. So it's, a, it's quite a good plant for a splash of colour. So I just brought those in to cheer you up. Well, I have to say and that give was a bit of spring colour. Definitely cheer me up, but they uh, have some beautiful colours there. And I suppose um, for people who, because we do get questions about different suggestions and stuff like that, um, I think the best thing maybe do go along to the garden centre. Go and to see the local them garden centre, have a look at them. When you see them in uh, actuality, although I know we do our best to be Describe descriptive, them, yes. yes, over the radio, um, but the impact is quite something. They are so nice, yeah, yeah, lots. So there's add. lots and lots of colour. And, and anything I've shown there will tolerate any, you know, any sort of dampness or for a little bit of frost at night time or whatever that we're getting at the moment. Okay, so don't... don't have plenty of colour. Don't be stuck for, ex, uh, for, for, exactly. for, for, for um, varieties and for options. Right, we're going to take a quick break, Porek, after okay. that. Um, I know we have heaps of questions coming in, um, so we're going to turn our attention to those right after these. Now, heaps of questions in, and one or two in on the email as well, Porek. <coughs> so... We might just start with that, actually. Um, we have a query from Betty in Baal. We've actually one or two Ivy questions, so we're going to clump all these uh, together if we can. Um, Betty in Baal, first of all, would like to know how to get rid of Ivy. It's a big problem covering a boundary wall coming across the lawn and it's now spreading up trees and it's driving her crazy. And how can she get rid of it? <laughs> the poor old Ivy. Yeah. How do you get rid of Ivy? And what was the other, was there another uh, question? The other there? question, yeah, is, just let me find the Ivy question. Yes. Now, l- towards the end of last year, um, some people were digging a small hill now there's a lot of roots protruding which are ivy and again they want to get rid of it and they'd like to put wildflowers in their, okay. in their section okay. well yeah. the thing, thing with ivy first of all it, it hasn't come into growth uh, this year so far it's still what you're looking at on ivy are last year's leaves so they're they're tough they're leathery putting on any weed killer this time of year would, won't be effective so really my advice is to leave them for and a lot of ivy I think as I mentioned last year like rushes everywhere have been burned particularly with the east leaf they're easily facing mm. So you're better to leave ivy until you see lots of the fresh new growth coming on it, which will be another three to four weeks. If you want to speed it up, you can certainly put a grain of fertilizer on them, ordinary agricultural fertilizer on the ivy, which will encourage early growth on the ivy. Once you get that early growth, then it's very susceptible to to, uh, a weed killer treatment. And I would use the weed-free 360. It's safe to use. Uh, You mix it with water. Add a little bit of washing up liquid to the mix when you're mixing it and then just spray it onto the young growth of the ivy and, and, and the older growth as well. So at the moment, if you apply it, it'll just literally run off because you're dealing with older, uh, glossy foliage on the ivy and it just literally would, would fall it's off the leaf. It's not penetrating. It's yeah. not penetrating through. It's better to let the growth start, which will be early May really at this stage, and then apply your weed, Weed-Free 360. It'll take about two weeks to work. And the beauty with the Weed-Free 360 is that it doesn't contaminate the soil. So for the listener that wants to put in the wildflowers, then June, late May, early June would be 
the perfect time for actually putting in wildflowers. They'll germinate over the summer period and come into bloom. Some will come into bloom this year, but many of them will come into bloom the following spring and summer. Okay. And remember when you're putting in the wildflowers, it's a nice idea to put in things like some of the, the short bulbs then coming into the autumn, maybe in October, November, put in the dwarf daffodils and crocuses and snowdrops, as well as the wildflower mix, so you get a combination of both. Okay, and you get a nice bit of early yeah. er, early uh, spring uh, flowers exactly. then for the exactly. following year. Exactly, exactly. Now, a guard, uh, sorry, somebody has uh, an acre of potatoes each right. year. They sow about an acre, acre of potatoes, uh, which is a good lot, I think. It sure is. Uh, but every year the stalks are overtaken by weeds. It's a big, strong weed and grows higher than the stalks, and they're wondering what they can spray the ground with to stop this happening. Uh, they have potatoes planted a week ago. Okay. Um, this listener is in Enniscrone. Good okay, morning. Okay, well, it's a good time of year, actually, for this the time to treat potatoes for weed control. So if they're planted in the ground and you've them moulded up and you've formed the, the, the ridges, if you treat the ridges with a treatment of linuron, which is specifically for potatoes, mm-hmm. controls weeds and potatoes, and um, that will prevent any weeds from germinating. It doesn't contaminate or doesn't damage the, the potato stalk as it comes through the soil. And the linuron will work for about a two-month to three-month period controlling weeds. So it okay. gets you over that hump when, when the germination of weed starts now um, and the potatoes within six weeks will be well above the ground and, you know, they'll be casting shade and controlling weeds themselves anyway. It's always this early period, the first six weeks, mm. when the weeds can get ahead of the, 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 the okay. early growth of potatoes and that's the critical time to keep them weed free. So, my advice really is to, as long as you have the, the, the drills and plant it and the drills made and you've finished with, with uh, all the earthing up, then you treat the top of the soil with linuron and that will keep it weed free for effectively the rest of the growing season. Okay, so just one application One application is sufficient, yeah, because once the potatoes, like within six weeks, we're going to be in early June, Mm. and at that stage, the stalks will be eight inches to two feet high. You know, the weeds, it'll have controlled the the early germination of weeds because you're going to see lots of weeds popping their heads now over the next couple of weeks. And if those weeds aren't controlled over a six-week period, obviously, they're going to be very strong Mm. and they're going to have that early start and early growth on the potatoes. So the linuron gives the potatoes that, that... Kickstart, kick that early start, right. and and it controls the weed. So okay. the way it works is, linuron is it's a it's a liquid. You mix it with water. You apply it to the top of the drill. It enters the soil to about an inch and a half. So any weed seeds that are within that area are controlled by the linuron. The potato is obviously deeper. Yeah. You've planted it eight, eight inches to ten inches deep, so that cannot be affected, and the stalk just comes cleanly through the ridge and and grows on. So it's a great. It's it's used commercially. That's how they yeah. control the weeds commercially. Okay. The the growers control. Uh, and particularly when you have an acre of area, um, yeah. like in a small garden, it's not necessary yeah, to use an acre. Exactly, just keep. And the first couple of w- weeks are the critical period. Okay. <clears throat> Once the potatoes get established, they're well fit to compete mm. with. Um, with, you know, weeds that may come later in the summer. Okay, it's just to give them a, a start yeah, and so Yeah, and particularly they're... when you have an acre and, and, and mm. a bottle of linuron will cover that area comfortably. Okay, and as soon as they're in, we put on the linuron, as soon as the stalks start to come. No, no, it? you do it before. Before? Yeah, that's important. Before the the, the, the listeners planted them about a week ago, mm-hmm. so there's still, the, there'll be no visibility of the, the young stalks for another two to three weeks. So now is the time actually to get it on. So you can pr- apply the linuron anytime up before the actual hollum or the, the stalk comes through the soil. Okay. So you have another two weeks, three weeks to actually treat the area. Perfect. And another listener, uh, Joe, had a similar question regarding the linuron, but also super nemos. When do you put on super nemos on both cabbage and carrots? Well, to explain, super nemo, first of all, is a, is a, a living organism. It's a nematode and it, it preys on 
or it attacks pests in the garden. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of the growers are actually using it and they find it very, very effective and it cuts down the use of chemicals. So, if you've got wireworm in the garden, if you've carrot root fly, if you've got uh, fine weevil, chafter grubs, any of the soil-borne pests, uh, leather jackets, for example, nematodes are very effective, but they're only effective when the temperature gets above 10 to 15 degrees Celsius and it's still too cold. So I wouldn't use Nemo's for at least another two to three weeks. Wait till the the weather warms up a little bit. And for carrots and potatoes, that's not going to be a problem. So wait till first, second week of May, nice, warm, balmy weather, put the nematodes on then. I'm very optimistic. I was going to say you're very optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on for it. Yeah, it's it's too cold at the moment. So leave the nematodes. uh, Because they're a living organism, they need the heat to actually do the do their work and to put them on in cold temperatures they won't they'll be ineffective and you don't need to put them on this early period like their caterpillars aren't about okay so uh, you know give it, yeah, yeah give it, another it? two weeks they are available in, in garden centers at the moment so if you want to get a pack of them certainly you can get a pack stick it in the fridge it'll, it'll keep it there's a sell by date on the pack okay. and then when you're ready to go you can mix it up and apply it to the soil oh, that's so things like wireworm cow's root fly um leather jackets i mentioned it, they'll control caterpillars and, and cabbage as well but there's no need to treat those for at least another six weeks. Lovely. Now, somebody has, John, good morning <coughs> to you, has future plans for re- returning a second year. Great. The pots have been left in tunnels since September. What does he need to do with them? Well, they, they overwinter very well and fuchsias are deciduous, so they'll probably just like look like sticks at the moment, John. Uh, the early growth should be starting and what I would do is examine them where you see some new buds starting to, to grow, which mm. will probably be at the base of the fuchsia plant. Uh, cut back the, fo- the stems to there. So cut off any old withered stems, pot them up into fresh pots. So take them out of the pots the rain, shake off some of the old compost that's on the pots and repot them into larger pots. They'll come into growth very quickly and I'd keep them in the greenhouse or in the tunnel. That'll accelerate the growth. And once you get inch and a half to two inch growth stems on the fuchsia, pinch them back, which means taking out the top shoot, which would literally your index finger and your thumb just snipping it back or, or with a small shears or uh, light scissors or whatever. Tip them back because that'll encourage the fuchsias to create lots of side branches and the more side branches you get on fuchsia, the more flower you get. Excellent. So, now, good time to pot them up. Good stuff. Um, regarding cabbage, uh, we've got a listener wondering about when is the best time to plant common cabbage? Well, now, now is a good time to plant all varieties of cabbage, to be honest. The ones I would recommend you, you plant this time of year would be varieties like Hispe, which is a, an early York variety. Um, it grows very rapidly and produces those lovely uh, conical heads of lettuce or uh, cabbage within mm. a six-week period. So if you plant them today, by the end of May, you'll be cutting the first cabbage early June. Um, Hispe is a very good one. Um, Primo is quite a nice one. It's a, it's a larger, more solid round head cabbage, comes later in the season. Um, the Savoy cabbages are available at the moment, which are those curly cabbages. Mm-hmm. So any of those varieties are very good. Another good one is one called mini coal, which is, you sow it from seed. So look for a packet of mini coal seed. Uh, the Thompson and Morgan do that um, variety. And it's a variety that when, once you sow it, it actually stands in the ground. It doesn't run to seed. So if you sow 30 or 40 plants, once they mature, they'll sit there sit waiting there. for you to cut them. So maybe plant some plants at this time of year and also put in some seed as well. So you'll have a bit of a mix. Exactly. And, then and, and watch extend. for the slugs because, again, you know, with the, with this sort of weather, slugs are... Are they starting to re-emerge? They are indeed. And, and you know, particularly when we got the, such a wet year last year and such a mild winter, there's a lot of slug activity. Um, yes. So for tender plants, lettuce, cabbages, do keep an eye for the first couple of weeks. And you can use something like the organic 
pellets, the organic treatments, if you don't want to be using the traditional mm. uh, slug pellets. So you can buy a, an organic uh, slug pellet. Right. Treatment. Treatment. Right. Um, somebody is wondering how to treat briars and is the spray widely available? Yeah, well again, with the thing with briars, a bit like our friend the ivy, briars again are very slow to come into growth this year. A lot of them again have been burnt back, particularly if they were facing the easterly wind and it's pointless treating them until you see plenty of soft growth with them. So I would nearly, you know, advocate if it's a relatively small area is to cut them back and wait for the new growth to come and then treat them with the weed-free 360 again that we use on the ivy um, and that will that will kill off uh, um, briars. Now the other thing you find with briars is that they're not very deep rooting so if you can get them at them with a spade or with a sharp hole uh, they tend to be surface rooting and they, you can scuffle them out quite easily if now, sometimes they can be quite difficult if they're if they're going up through a hedge or they're just difficult to get at. But um, so cut them back, wait for the regrowth, and once you get about a foot of regrowth, that's the time to spray them because you you get the most effective kill from them. If the briar is growing up through a hedge or shrubs or just is inaccessible, you can use the Roundup gel. You know the the, material, yes. the weed killer that is similar to hair gel, and you just paint it onto the young foliage, so that can be used as well. Uh, so, but but they also can be scuffled out if you can get at the root. Um, you know, they're easy without enough. Too much. To, yeah, without too much bother. Good pair of gloves on you, and, and get out with a sharp spade or, or hoe, and that will actually scuffle them out as well. Good. Now, Loretta, Jenny, and Jim and Bell Mullet, they say that they've admired a red small a small red leaved tree or shrub, and they think it's called maple. Yeah. Uh, when <clears> is the best time to plant one, and would you have any tips on growing well, them? Well, they're they're just coming into leaf. They're the Japanese um, maples. Beautiful plant, lovely foliage colour. There are quite a number of different varieties and different colours. There's a lovely one called um, called Katsura, Katsura, which has orange foliage. Mm-hmm. The lovely bright orange foliage, kind of amber amber colour, um, coming into leaf at the moment. Japanese maples, they, they're easy enough to grow. They're frost hardy. Really, you need a sheltered part of the garden. So they'll grow in pots and containers, if you wish, a nice big terracotta pot. Um, or you can grow them, say, on a large rockery, shrub bed. Uh, but do remember, they dislike wind. So keep them in a, in a sheltered location if possible. Uh, but they're totally frost hardy, they grow out of doors and a, this is a great time to plant them. So Katsura is a very nice variety. There's another one called Atropurium and as, an, as, a, as the name suggests, it's purple foliage. Purpurium, really deep okay. uh, blood purple colour mm, foliage. Lovely. Uh, just coming into leaf at the moment and they'll retain their leaf right through till October, November of, of this year and many of them are have very good autumn colour as well. So a really nice plant. If you want just a small tree in the garden or medium sized shrub, mm. Japanese maples are a oh. lovely plant and they're a long lived plant and they don't suffer as long as you have give them reasonable shelter. Now yes. you don't have to cocoon them yeah. altogether, but as long as it's a reasonably sheltered garden or area or if you plant it in amongst other plants, they give lovely foliage colour for such a long time and they're trouble free really once you've planted them. And, and a nice bit of antithesis if you have a lot of greenery in the garden that you have. Exactly. Another bit of colour without, I suppose, maybe having to tend to flowers if that exactly. isn't your particular thing. Yeah, and, and you, they, they literally have that foliage colour from April right through till November and many of them are very spectacular in the autumn so it's a very good time to plant Japanese maples um, and they are a long-lived plant so yeah. when you buy them they tend to be they look small mm. for, for what you're getting but you know and they tend to be slow growing but over a number of years they make absolutely Literally, beautiful yeah. plants and many with, with them there's some very dissectum has a very kind of serrated leaf so there's lots of leaf shapes and forms and leaf colours as well so yeah good time okay. to plant them and they're, cu- they're in coming into leaf into garden centres at the moment so it's a good time to go in and you can 
see what, at, see, exactly. see what you're going to get. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. You, you mentioned forest flame there yes. a little bit earlier. Um, somebody has got a forest flame shrub growing in a pot and it co- was covered last spring with red shoots in April, but there's no sign this year. It looks healthy, but they're wondering... Is it just because we've got a slow spring? That's, that's all it is, right. yeah. I mean, the forest flame normally would come into leaf in, in um, late March, you know, the first week of April, typically, and in, in certainly last year with the early spring. This year, obviously, they're, they're, they're just late. As long as the plant is nice and healthy, you can certainly start giving it liquid feed now. You could use an ericaceous. They are lime-hating plants, so an ericaceous feed would be very uh, advisable at this time of year, and that'll help to push on some of the young growth as well. So if you get yourself a small tub of, I think, miracle grow to one called ericaceous, Cacious, uh fertilizer. It's good for rhododendrons, azaleas, and forest flame family, hydrangeas as well. Um, and that can be just simply spread around the top of the pot and that'll work its way down. It'll feed it up to a six month period. It'll also encourage lots of new growth and lots of colour then on the plant as well. So don't worry about the things are late. They're, they're several, several weeks late. So, But you're, it's not that you're going to lose anything because that colour you'll will, get... It will come. It's going to extend. Yeah, yeah, whereas last year they came in early, but they finished early. All right. So, so you're going to get the... It'll be worth waiting for. Uh, exactly. So. Okay. Exactly. Now, a listener has grew begonias <laughs> last summer in pots and flower beds, and they were fantastic, yeah, they tell us. They are. In capital yeah. letters, even in the rain. They cannot remember, though, when they planted them. Is it now? A little early yet. If you, they, they're certainly available to to buy, and and really begonias are frost sensitive, so uh, and kind of wind sensitive as well. They're they're fantastic, really, because they tolerate the rain. And if we do get a wet summer, they still tend to bloom extremely well. So they're well worth growing and flower really up till midwinter. So they're one of the last kind of bedding plants to 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 lose their colour. Um, Certainly you can get them at this time of year. They're available in garden centres, but you do need to either keep them in a tunnel greenhouse or in a nice sheltered area. So if you want to do up a few pots and containers, then keep them in a sheltered location. Frost will damage them. So a polytunnel greenhouse, you can keep them indoors if you want to nurture them on or just leave it a couple of weeks until about the middle of May and then... So from now on, begonias are going to be available in all the different uh, varieties. There's a, a lovely new variety called um, Waterfall, oh, right. which is a very large flowering begonia, mm. orange in colour, with nodding heads, so that it's like a water, like a cascade of flowers. So it's a really oh. nice one. That's one to look out for this year. One I called must Waterfall. tell my mum that she loves <clears throat> begonias. Well, they're lovely, and that would be a particularly nice. Uh, variety, say in a pot where you'd have it raised off the ground and the flowers would just all... full effect. Yeah, yeah. So mm. that's quite a nice one called Waterfall. waterfall. There you okay. go. Easy to remember. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> and does Much better than some of the other names, <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> right, we're going to take another quick little break, uh, but we still have lots more to come, so stay with us. Lots of questions, lots of people sharing uh, little tips and successes as well with us, I, I noticed there, which is good. Um, we'll come back to one or two of those. I better take these in order now so that I don't miss anybody out along the way, Paul. First come, first served. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, yes. Now, somebody who's delighted to tell you that the Osmo is working well in the lawn. It's Great. greening up and this person, Tommy, good morning to you. You're wondering how, for ideas on bedding scheme for annuals. Well, where do we start? <laughs> where <laughs> right. do we start? Now you've only well, 15 com- minutes left. Well, we're coming into, the, I suppose, the time for bedding plants. Um, now, with the season being late, I suppose if people want colour at the moment, you're you're really still relying on a lot of the spring bedding, like the um, the, the pansies and violas and the ranunculus I showed you there. Um, summer bedding, really, it's going to be kind of mid-May before you start planting out. But it's not too late to sow lots of bedding from seed. And there's lots of hardy annuals that you can sow directly out into the garden 
garden soil yourself. So if Tommy wants to say add a bit of colour into a, an area around the garden, you can certainly sow a lot of seed now and if you look for hardy annual varieties, things like pot marigold and oh, there's lots of uh, candy tufts, uh, phloxes, um, that you can sow directly into the garden soil and they'll germinate and flower in that area. The other annuals then are the, the bedding plants, the, the summer bedding. Um, so the plants like the begonias we mentioned, French marigolds, lobelias, alisum, they're all going to be available. But many of those uh, are, are frost uh, sensitive and really I wouldn't start planting them out until the middle of, of May, even late May, early June is soon enough to be putting them out. So by all means, Tommy could be sowing some seed now both indoors and out, outdoors directly if you, if you wish look for the hardy annual varieties and leave your bedding I would leave them for another couple of weeks until all risk of frost has passed and that certainly in the west of Ireland would be mid to late May you're taking a chance up to then right. get the ground ready by all means you know start tilling over the soil adding in some compost getting the areas ready uh, with a view to, to be ready to plant to, to plant them directly in now, a listener tells us that their apple trees seem to be full of flowered Great. buds and they do, they're wondering, do they need to put anything on them now to help the fruit set? Well, I've noticed that this year. I've just looking at the apple trees. They are later th- this year than normal, but there's absolutely a, a load mm. of flower buds on them, so that, and I, which I didn't expect this year because generally you associate that with a warm summer where the growth kind of stops in the middle of the summer and, and plants stop growing and kind of go into the production of flower buds for the following year. Um, so, and ge- generally in a wet year like we've had, yeah. things tend to just keep growing and right. <laughs> never stop. Never stop. Yeah, but, but this year they're, they're absolutely loaded with flower buds. So it's going to be a great, certainly a great start to the fruiting year. Um, and as long as we get the bees to pollinate them and we get a reasonable summer, we get a, a, a bucket, a- buckets of fruit. Bef- this is the time really with fruit trees to give them an application of uh, an insecticide uh, um, a bug preventative. So something like uh, bug clear or uh, pie spray, pie insecticide, which is a pyrethrum based spray, can be used in fruit trees. And the reason you use them now is that the buds aren't open, the insects, the bees aren't visiting the flower buds just yet. So you've, you've got a kind of an opportunity before they come into full flower to give them a treatment. And that gets rid of any aphids, green fly, which overwinter on fruiting plants. The little aphids, the eggs are laid in the autumn. They're, they're sitting there waiting for the young foliage to come out. So you're eliminating those and you're kind of starting the fruit trees off with a very good start before they come into flower. So you should never spray apple trees when the blooms open and they'll flower for about a four-week period. So the time to give them a treatment is now. So I would treat them all with a little bit of bug clear or PY insecticide, which is a, that's a very natural, um, it's made from pyrethrum, which is a flower. So it's a very safe mm. treatment to use in fruit trees. And that just eliminates any foliar pests before we come into the flowering season. Leave them alone then, for the, give them a feed by all means. So something like the Osmo Pro 6 or a good tree and shrub fertilizer high in potash. All fruit trees will benefit from that. Right. And then leave them alo- well enough alone for the flowering season. Um, and for, which is right through May, early June. And then as, as the petals start to fall in June, what we call the, the uh, petal fall period, just mm-hmm. when the fruit are beginning to form, that's the, the second time you'd give the, treat them again to something like the pie insecticide. So never spray them during the flowering period because you'll, you'll harm the bees, you'll harm the beneficial insects. That's all you need to do with apps. So feed them now by all means. Uh, Osmo Pro 6 would be good. And then give them a, a treatment to the the pie insecticide and just sit back and, and wait for nature to take its course. Okay, and, and, and hope for a 
relatively Clement's summer to go along with yeah, all of that. Yeah, well, certainly it's great to see the amount of flower buds. Yeah. Uh, you know, things are yeah. actually going to flower extremely yes. well over the next couple of weeks. And if you get the flowers, it certainly set, it's, it's setting them up, up for, for the right thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's going yeah, to be something yeah. pretty awful then for right. things not to pan out to some positive degree anyway. Yeah. Uh, a listener has daffodils that haven't come into flower uh, yet. Uh, there's only green stems. They're wondering now, should they just cut them back at this stage? Well, what I'm wondering, do they cut them back? Before, too, too early, the last year. year right. Last year. And that's the thing with daffodils, that daffodils, um, and we've said this many times, that the time to feed them and look after them is this time of year when the flowers begin to fade this is the time of year to feed your daffodils because you build them up for next year. The flower embryo, the little flower bud is formed during the the next couple of weeks, six or eight weeks. So if the plants grow well over the next six or eight weeks, you'll have plenty of flowers for next year. If you do anything to interrupt that by cutting them back too early, mowing them with the lawnmower, which is a favourite, or, you know, bending them over and, and tying them up too early, you're, you're stopping the growth, the natural growth period. So daffodils actually start coming into growth now. You'll notice that they get taller, a little bit unsightly, I know, but they're actually growing and forming their strength and flower buds for next year. So it's important to feed them at this time of year, a bit of granulated feed or some liquid feed like one or miracle Grow would be ideal. It's a great time to split them and divide them if you want to move them to new areas, dig them up, transplant them, but don't cut them back for at least six weeks. So we're looking at the middle of June, really, before you're actually cutting daffodils back because if you cut them any time between that or disturb them any time between that you set back the flowering buds for next year so my advice with daffodils is to feed them now look after them don't cut them back move them if you wish but don't you know just literally dig them up split them uh, pull the, 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 the clumps apart and transplant them into other areas that's perfectly okay but allow them to die back naturally and you get plenty of flowers next spring Great stuff. Now, so from daffodils to uh, a wisteria plant. Oh, Somebody would like um, advice. They are beautiful, I have to say. Yeah. They'd like advice on growing a wisteria plant. They've read recently they're difficult to grow or flower. What's your advice? Well, they, well they're, rel- they're relatively easy to grow. They're, they are a very vigorous uh, climbing plant. So wisteria produces lovely lilac flowers, anything up to a foot long, um, really at this time of year, April, May sort of period. But they can produce eight, nine feet of growth per year. There are many different varieties uh, of wisteria. Um, what The variety I would look for is a variety called amist, which is um, wisteria amist, which is a beautiful li- lilac flowers, but it flowers in its first or second year. So it's a very early flowering varieties. Many of the, the more common varieties tend to take up to eight or nine years to settle down to, fl- to flowering. So look for that variety, um, wisteria amist, um, it's available at this time of year. You'll actually, often when you buy it, the flower buds are actually on the plant. So even as a young plant, it produces its bloom. And it's not too vigorous a variety either. Um, and it's relatively easy to grow. So it's not that wisteria are difficult to grow. They actually tend to grow too well. And people be, are often having to cut them back and right. do a lot of pruning with them, particularly the more vigorous varieties. That particular one, Amist, is a short, more compact variety. Um, it's a relatively new variety, lovely lilac flowers, and it flowers as a young plant. So you're getting the blooms within the first or second year, certainly it settles down to flowering. Okay, because some wisteria can take quite a long time. Ten to, years. Yeah. 10 years, some of them. Mm-hmm. If you And the other uh, type to look for, some wisteria can be sown from seed. If it's fro- sown from seed, which is a cheap method to propagate it, it takes forever to flower. Right. Whereas if they're grafted varieties or selected varieties like that, amist, um, they flower as younger plants and they're more reliable. 
Okay. So just ask in your garden sit for one that will flower as a young plant. But a good, great time to plant them. You won't get a lot of flower this year from them, obviously, but certainly with that particular Amos variety, you'll get flowers next spring and every spring after that. What? And it is but a lovely stunning. Plant. Yeah, it's yeah, stunning it, when, it, when, it, when it comes in. If so. you have a large area to cover, you know, large wall, big arch, a big yeah. trellis area, then the wisteria is lovely. And mix it with, say, some clematis or summer roses because it does bloom spring, early summer yeah. and then goes out of flower after yeah, that. But yeah. very spectacular when yeah. it's in bloom. When it's there, very it's eye absolutely good. Yeah. And that Amos variety is actually a f- scented, scented variety from memory, yes, yeah, from... Yeah. That'll attract, yeah. attract the bees and stuff like Well, it that. will, but it's, it's also lovely in the evening time mm. to have that nice scent. Smell. Yeah. Now, a uh, listener is wondering if we if you could give a bit of advice on dwarf pampas grass. Uh, can you get it? Yes, and you can. Is it, They're available at this time okay. of year. Um, there's one called, it's actually called mini, mini pampas. Um, it'll grow to, when I say it's dwarf, it'll grow to about four feet in height mm-hmm. and it'll produce its lovely long stems with the same si- size of, of pampas grass flower. So that's one called mini Mini Pampas, um, Cortaderia Mini Pampas is the variety. Good time to plant it. You may even get some flowers this year, but certainly uh, every year after that you get the blooms and it's it's only about four feet, four and a half feet. Oh, so height. it actually blooms? Oh, it does. It produces right. those. The, the Pampas grass produces that plume of flower, uh, like, a, you know, the feather dusters, yes. the old feather dusters. Oh, right. That's what they That's produce, true. yeah. And they tend to, uh, you know, they tend to come on the plants late July, August, September sort of period. But some of the, the Pampas can grow eight, oh, nine yeah. feet in height, mm. <laughs> very tall. Yes. But there are shorter varieties which are quite attractive and they still produce the big plume of flower but on a shorter stem more compact Uh, a listener's lawn needs a feed of something they're wondering can they use 7617 fertilizer or is there something better well, they can use it if they wish, but they're going to buy two lawnmowers. Well, 7617 <laughs> no. is, is an agricultural fertiliser right. used on grassland. So it's really gen- supposed to be for growing grass for, yeah. for animals. Yeah, so right. don't don't put our agricultural fertiliser on lawns. You really need a slow-release fertiliser, um, something like stadium or uh, the the uh, Osmo, actually. The, the moss remover contains a feed uh, in it as well. So make sure it's a lawn feed that you're putting on because that feeds, they're formulated to feed slowly. So they don't force the grass, they give green it without forcing it. Where something like 7617 is fine for potatoes or vegetables or something that you want to boost on rather than... Rather uh, than, yeah, yeah where, you know. where you want to create lots yeah, and, of Yeah, and the other thing with it, it's not just that it makes the grass grow faster, it actually stresses the grass as well because the varieties of seed that are in grass mixes tend to be short. They're short, stumpy, creeping, and they dislike too much nitrogen. It just forces them, uh, you know, it, 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 it counteracts the way they naturally would grow. So slow release lawn feeds, put on a, a traditional lawn fertiliser, I suppose that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Otherwise they'll be cutting the grass way. for rather a long you time. You will, you will. Uh, a listener loves the colourful lupin flowers. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, wondering, is there any special types you can suggest to plant now or is it too late for flowers this year? No, no, no. You can you, as long as you buy plants that were sown from seed last summer. So when you go to lo- your local garden centre, don't buy small, um, weedy-looking lupins. Try to get a good solid plant, um, and that will bloom this year by planting it now. It'll be coming into flower in another fa- fa- four or five weeks. The flower kind of early summer. A um, couple of good varieties. Look, there's a, a series called the West Country series of lupins, which are and lupins have come back into vogue over the last number of years. Um, so they're quite a nice range of lupins, beautiful colours, bi-colours, two different colours on the one plant and so on. Lovely one called Manhattan, uh, which is is quite attractive a variety and a lovely blue variety called Jupiter uh, lupin. So 
great time to plant lupins, but make sure you get strong plants if you want colour this year. Don't buy the smaller, thinner. They, they'll, they'll be fine, but they won't bloom this year. It'll be the following summer before you get colour on them. So something stronger. Um, but, you know, good strong plants will bloom this year. And again, I would advocate planting them in groups of threes just for a good show of colour. Okay. And probably the last question of the morning. Uh, can you put bag manure on rhubarb? You can, yeah. That's no problem. Actually, the 767 we talked about if it's oh, something right, like that or 8816 yeah. or 101020 that's fine for rhubarb because remember rhubarb is exactly you want it growing vigorously you want it growing fast um, you're eating the stems and the foliage so you need to give it a good handful of fertiliser now do keep the fertiliser well back from the stems and the leaves because it'll burn, burn right. so as long as you keep it well out about a handful a handful and a half to each rub, rhubarb clump would be ideal and repeat that about a month later so general bag fertiliser would be perfect for anything that's vigorous that mm. you want fast growth from it's fine. It's fine to use. Uh, so rhubarb will be a great example of where to use it. Okay, and I'm afraid we have to conclude there. Well, just rem- tr- remember just a couple of mm. things. The Hanging Basket Weekend next Saturday and Sunday, the 27th and 28th, um, start kicking off on Saturday about 11 o'clock and Sunday at 12, so that's a free day on us. And any of the groups that want to come along in, in May and June, ring our Turlock number 0949031435 and we'll book you in for for a tour. Okay, great stuff. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from the Glenamati gang. Yeah, we'll next week I'm looking program. forward to that already. Yeah. All right, listen, Porik, thank Thanks, you very dear, much indeed. Thank you. Have a, a lovely weekend and indeed week as well, and indeed to all of you. Thanks for all of your questions and for listening since seven. Uh, stand by, Michael Neary will be up after the news at 10 o'clock, which is on the way with Anthony Nugent from me, Deirdre Kelly. For the moment, a very good morning to you.